Good morning, everybody. Had to, had to wake my cameraman up back here. He, he, he wasn't paying attention to me, but then again, neither I wasn't paying attention to him either. Good to see everybody this, this Father's Day. A uh, couple quick things I want to share with you as we get started. You know, uh, Father's Day is a, is a great day, and if you came to hear a message about how to be a good father, sorry. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now. That's not my message this morning. But uh, uh, ge- gentlemen, before you leave, back here in the back, up here on the table, too, there is some pens. I want you to get you a couple of them before you go. And, and ladies, after the gentleman gets some, you can have some, too. So uh, uh, we, these, uh, uh, these are good pens. I, I got the same kind just about as I had last time, brother. Uh, <laughs> brother Earl told me one time, he said, there were some good pens you had a while back. Now, I finally found them, but they changed the design, but they're right just as good. But So y'all be sure to get you. I want to tell all the gentlemen here this morning, happy Father's Day. Uh, it's a wonderful day to, 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 to remind us of what we're supposed to be as fathers and just uh, be thankful for the fathers you've had. And if your father's not here, just remember, hey, we all have a father in heaven, and sometimes we, we forget that. So just remember that this morning. Uh, if you look behind me, you're going to see about 19 backpacks because we've been getting these things ready. And I think you said you got enough for one more right now, three more right now. So we're going to finish taking up stuff for backpacks next week. But right now we got 19 you can see them up here. Got them up here as a reminder. And let's pray for each one of these backpacks, for each child that will receive one, that maybe through this mm-hmm. gift that they can come to know the Lord. Because, you know, that's all what it's all about. Amen. So let's remember that. A uh, couple quick prayer requests. Uh, Tyler and Melissa. Melissa is Jimmy and Sharon's daughter. Tyler's got an aunt whose name's Linda. And she's been sent home with just weeks to live they done called hospice in and i want to pray for her this morning and also let's lift up heather epps she's too has been sent home with hospice in just short time let's go to the lord in prayer right quick dear heavenly father lord as we come to you this morning approaching the throne of grace father we come with heavy hearts to lift these two ladies up Lord, we know that your will is done no matter what we we think but heavenly father lord i pray that you were with each family Lord, as during this time, it's hard. And Lord, when we question, we wonder, and we don't understand. But Father, we know you have a purpose for everything. So Father, I pray for the families. Father, I pray that you give them the strength and the, the, the help to go through this time, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, that you'll draw them closer to you. Lord, I pray that you'll be with each of these ladies. Lord, give them comfort during this time lord as i i know the this disease this cancer is a horrible thing and it can be painful but father i pray that you give them comfort you give them rest you give them the 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 understanding the knowledge that you're right there with them father we lift them up and we ask you just to bless them father we know it's not too late you could do a miracle even though they send someone home saying this is it we know that you have the ability to remove the cancer to heal still but father we pray whatever your will is to be done Lord, we ask for you to help in this this time. Father, as we come this morning too, Lord, I, I lift up each man that's here today. Lord, I thank you for the men of the church. Lord, as we come to celebrate Father's Day, Father, what a wonderful day to remember to celebrate you because you are our Father. But as a reminder, as every time as we as men look in the mirror, we're made in your image and we're to be like you. So Heavenly Father, help us as men to become the fathers and the men that we need to be. 
Thank you again for all that you do. Lord, I ask you to fill this place with your sweet, wonderful spirit. Lord, as we come to praise you today, as we come to worship, Father, I pray that you prepare hearts. Lord, as those who are watching, those who are listening, Father, maybe a word would be said that might could change a life, bring them to know you, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, if there's somebody, Lord, who, who's, Lord, they're just been a walking in the distance, Lord, I pray you would pull them closer to you. Thank you again for all that you do. Bless us as we come this morning. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Do we have any other announcements this morning? Yes. Um, if you, I haven't counted the books, but if you happen to have one of the books from the previous, what, the Easter program that we were supposed to do uh, that we did not, um, if you could just return them, not worry about the CD, just the books because they belong to my daddy. <laughs> All right. You look tasty. Any other announcements? All right. Ready to do birthdays and anniversaries? I'm always ready. All right. Do we have any birthdays or wedding anniversaries? Well, all right. here last week, you would have some. They had to get me and Jimmy to sing to them. What they did was totally blessed. Anna. Anna, you had a birthday? Anna, you had a birthday? Girl, you better fess up. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right, if you'll get your Heavenly Highways have not, and turn to page 44.
All right, 156. fellowship. I do miss a lot of the things. Uh, we don't pass the offering plate. We'll have it back here in the back. The reason why is because of COVID. You look, you think, well, we're not really that worried about it, but we are. Don't want nobody getting sick. Do ask if you, you know, if you come to church, you ain't feeling good, stay home. You know, don't, don't take a chance. But uh, I'll be glad when we can get back to doing things a little more normal. When more people get ready to get out, it's amazing. People get out, but some people don't want to get to church. So, Take your Bibles this morning. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. The title of my sermon is called The Door. Jesus is talking to his, his, his disciples and there's some of the multitude that's there. And here he's departed from the multitude. It's just him and his disciples. They've gone to the temple. I believe I'm on the wrong one. Go to 25, excuse me. 
flip over another chapter. He continues as he's speaking to them. And they're, they're at all of the things he's saying. Then they ask that question, Jesus, when will you come back and, and set up your kingdom? So he goes and tells them so much about it. Some of the things he says is thanks for when he's returned to set his kingdom up, but others are in between. In verses 1 through 13, he tells the parable of the virgins, the foolish virgin and the wise ones. He said, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answer said, Not so, least there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterwards also came the, the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. You know, if we look, we, we, we can see this parable reminds us that Christ is coming back. And there's today, there are those who are looking for his return. And there are those who, they know he might be coming back, or they've heard, and, but they don't really care. They don't seem to live or, or even let it bother them. Then, of course, you got those who really don't know. So what you see here, Jesus is, is telling a, a parable. And the parable is about those who are looking and those who know. Jesus used this parable of the wedding because of the symbol it has. In, in ancient days, their weddings were a lot different. Dads, if you have had to pay for a wedding, you'd be glad you didn't live in ancient days. Because here's what would happen. They would, the couple would get engaged. And there'd be a big celebration, which dad, you paid for. Then the bridegroom would leave. He would go to prepare a place for his bride. Be about a year. Then one day he shows up, unannounced, to get his bride. The bride had better be ready. Jesus told us in, in John 14, 1 through 3, he says, Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe ye in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. So this was not something the disciples had not heard in a different way. If you look at what he said here in John, first he tells them, hey, don't worry. Just like the bridegroom would tell the bride, don't worry, I'm going away. But then Jesus says, in my father's house are many mansions. He says that so that the, the disciples and everybody would know that the groom had the ability to fulfill his promise. The father had all resources he needed. So then he said, here at the end of it, he says, I will come again and receive you into myself. He said, I'm going to be busy preparing that place for you, but I'm coming back to get you. What a wonderful promise. Do you think, you know, uh, as the bridegroom told the groom that, or the bride got told by the groom that, she didn't know when. She showed her love and devotion by being ready every day. It was a learning experience for her. She still had the chores and things she had to do for her family that she was with, but she had to be prepared and ready to go when the groom showed up. See, if she truly loved him, she would be truly ready. She would be watching because she did not know. And Jesus talked about the midnight cry. That groom might travel and get there at night. And guess what? He expected his bride to be ready. So here we're we're introduced to ten women or ten brides here. Some were ready, some were not. And you know, you think about that, it's kind of like us today. Some of us are ready, some of us are not. You think... Let me, let, me, let me give you a picture of one thing that's going on here. Those that are ready, the lamp represents them. I got a question for you. How are you staying ready this morning? As a child of God, we know Jesus said, Hey, I've gone to prepare a place for you, and I'm coming back for you. He's left. And the only thing we're doing is we're waiting for him to come get us. Just like these virgins were. Just like they were waiting for their bridegroom to come. So are you being steadfast this morning? Or do you do as, as David had to do and cry out? David said in Psalms 51.10, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. You ever had to cry out to God for that? Let me tell you, this week, I've had to. Kind of realized this morning, I need to, and I had to. Ever get angry at somebody? Anybody? Ever had something happen in your life that just totally disrupted everything you had? And just makes you take your focus off God and put it on something else? Boy, I tell you, it's rough when you feel that and the Spirit of the Lord leads you and that joy gets away from you. You you just sit there. How many of you ever moped around? Anybody besides me? I'm a great moper. You don't believe me? Ask my wife. She got on to me and guess what? I moped about that. 
I was upset. And I'm, yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm still struggling with this. So, Lord, I say to the Lord this morning, create in me a clean heart. Lord, help me get rid of this problem. Take it away from me because it's keeping me from you. Renewing me. I like what he said. He said, renew in me a steadfast spirit. One that, Lord, no matter what the problems is, no matter what the ways are, I'll stay true and focused on you. You know, staying steadfast is not easy because, boy, I tell you, Satan sends things into your life, don't he? All kind of problems into your life to, to get you looking the wrong way. You know, to, to corrupt you and, and just, I, I guess, just blind you. Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 17, listen to what he said. He said, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand. Did you hear that? He said, no, you know this. It's going to happen. He said, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. Yeah. Don't let it get to you. You know it's going to happen. Amen. Maybe we need to do a little more, not just you know trying to be steadfast. Maybe we need to strive to be spotless. You ever read the Bible? It talks about how God wants a bride who's spotless. How many of you are spotless today? I know it's just now as I picked up and I said, I got something on my hand. I don't know where I got it. It's right there. And I'm like, man, that's... that's to hide my hand. That's bad. You know, how many of you ever put on a shirt and look down? Nobody else says nothing about it all day long, but when you get home, you look at me down and you say, Wow, everybody saw that. See, we're supposed to be spotless. We're supposed to be presented before God pure, but let me tell you, it's not easy to do. We all struggle with sins. We all struggle with different things and problems in our life. Listen to what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. He said, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You know, you, you listen to that. He's telling them, he says, hey, church, I know you obey. Not just when you're here on Sundays, but always. And he said, so it's great. But then he goes in, he says this. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, Paul's letting them know, hey, it's, it's not just something you get. It's always there. He says, you got to work on it. That word work out is like doing exercise. It's something you got to continuously strive to do and to get better. You know, as Christians, we're not perfect. We're just forgiven. We make mistakes. We'll say stupid things. We'll do stupid things. But God says, work it out. Amen. And it's like, yes, if what He means, you do it once, don't do it again. Uh, I like what He says. He goes on. He says, for it is 
God which worketh in you both to will and to do good pleasure. He says, let God take control of your life so that the things that are being shown show God's mercy and love in the world because you are the lights that He's put out there. Amen. You can't be spotless, but you can work at it every day. You can't be perfect, but you can work at it every day. Now, it's like this. I don't know how many times I've been on a diet to lose weight. I've got my fat pants and my skinny pants. Right now, my skinny pants are hanging in the closet. I've got to work out to get back into those skinny pants. I've got to do it by tomorrow afternoon because I've got a doctor's appointment. So I've got to do it quick. Today's Father's Day. It ain't happening. But if I want to get where I need to be, I need to work at it. It don't happen overnight. I didn't put the weight on overnight. You don't take it off overnight. You don't be perfect overnight. We all make mistakes. Be spotless. Work at your salvation. You know, are you are you being are you serving too? You know, I like this verse. Luke nine, verse thirteen says he called ten servants, delivered them ten pounds, and said to them, "Occupy till I come." In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a changing world, what are you doing? He said, occupy. You know, we could go into each one and have one hid the money. And I think right now, many of us would do that because we're, we're hiding. You can't get out. You say, well, preacher, I can't get out. Can't go do this. Can't go. What? Drop that can't word and say, God, what can I do for you? Here we had a prayer request. Two young ladies who, whose lives are forever changed. Are you going to spend time praying for them? You know, that's one thing we can all do. Let me share something with you. When we look at this, this, this lamp, these virgins, the lamp represents you. The oil is the Holy Spirit. You know, 1 Corinthians, Paul said this. He says, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Do you know that? Do you realize? You know, sometimes I think if we'd really grasp hold of that, boy, we'd be different, wouldn't we? God's with you all the time. If he dwells you, that means... He hears your thoughts. He knows the motives behind the things you do. It's a scary thought, isn't it? But, but think of this. And the wick is your service. The wick's what shines. It's not the lamp. It's not the oil. It's the wick. When set on fire by God who's a consuming fire, who Jesus says, you are my light. James said in James 3.18, he said, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, and I will show you my faith with my works. That's what works is. That's what your wick is. I want you to notice one thing about this parable, if if you never really noticed it. Look, Look at this verse, verse number three. And they that were foolish took their lamps, 
and took no oil with them. See, here's the difference. You've got a church full of people. You had those who had the Holy Spirit and you had those who did not. What is the difference by day? By day, you could not tell. They both had a lamp. They both had a wick. But something was missing in one of them. It said, if you, if you listen to it, it said, here's what happened to them. It says they, they waited that night and it said they slept. Basically, they just got to where they wouldn't do that. So the foolish and the wise looked the same. But at the midnight cry, when the call went out, the bridegroom's coming. Uh, listen to what they said. They said, hey. We didn't bring no oil. Can we have some of yours? You know, and you think about that. They had no oil. They had their lamps and wicks. They tried. I, I like how they said this. In verse 8. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil for our lamps have gone out. Kind of hard to light a lamp that's never had oil in it. See, what I found out, the word for the lamps here is not your normal lamp. This is an outdoor lamp. If it had just a little bit of residue of oil, it would have had it in the wick. They could have lit it for just a brief second and had a little bit of light. But instead, this was a bone-dry lamp that had no oil whatsoever. Yeah. That's like a lot of people. They go to church. They, they rely on everybody else's salvation to get them through it. Let me tell you a secret. Mama can't save you. Daddy can't save you. Anybody who's invited you to church can't save you. It's your decision. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. He said, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Did you get that? Not everybody's going to make it. There'll be those that say this. Listen to what he says in the next verse. Many will say to me in that day... Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. See, there to be those that they've sat in church. They've heard the word of God. They might even had a, a, an emotional experience for a second, but they never accepted Christ. There's coming a day when Jesus said he's coming back. The door will be open. He'll call the saints home. It'll be too late then. He said, you better know now. He goes on in chapter 7 of Matthew to tell the parable about the foolish man and the wise man who build their houses. We all know the song about the wise man who built his house upon the rock. 
And the one that built his house upon the sand, what happened to the one that built his house upon the sand? It went splat. You think about it, they both probably look good. But without a firm foundation, what do you have? Want to know what's the matter with a lot of people who, who come and get into church sometimes, and you'll see them burn brightly for a little bit and then disappear? There was no foundation. Amen. Lord, Lord, didn't we? God said, but you never did come to me. You relied on everybody else. That's a horrible, tragic thing. It lets us know your works can't save you. Only Christ can. You know, the tragedy here is when they realized what it was. It was too late. The door got shut. You know, Jesus said today, he says, every Sunday and every day of the week, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any will hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus says, I knock on doors. I think, Jimmy, in your Sunday school room, you've got that picture of Jesus knocking on the door. If you ever look at it, there's no doorknob. Christ does not force his way into your life. He offers a way in. Many of you can remember when you heard that cry and you accepted it. Yeah, I was reading in the Song of Solomon, which is not a book I read a lot in. In the chapter 5, verses 6 through 7 is the, the story of the, the Shumite woman. Shushamite woman. She's waiting on her bridegroom. Listen to these verses. It says, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the wall took away my veil from me. See, here was a, a, a young lady who was getting married. And when the bridegroom knocked on the door, she ignored it. She finally wanted to open the door to him, but he was gone. She ran out into the street to search for him, trying to find that what she wanted. What she needed in her life. She came upon the watchmen. She came upon the people of the world. And it says they beat her and they smote her. Because the world had nothing to offer that she needed. The danger sometimes is. If Christ is knocking on your heart. And you do not answer. He doesn't have to continue to knock. Yeah. I started to title my sermon. The door shut. But I thank God the door is still being opened today. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Hopefully for you it's still knocking if you don't know. God doesn't want to shut the door. 
You know, he don't want you to be as the foolish virgins is. Peter said it best in Second Peter when he said the Lord is not slack concerning his promises that some men count slackness but is long suffering towards us. Not willing that any should perish but that they should come to repentance. See, people, if you've got somebody you know is lost in the great right now, there's still hope. Christ is not saying, I'm not going to do it again. He says, I don't want anybody to perish. I want them to come to repentance. To open that door. To understand what it means for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, Jesus came, he made the way. Isn't it awesome how, how much he loves us? He made the way, as he said, as Paul said, it's so easy. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. All you got to do is pray a simple prayer, believe what you say. You don't even have to get the words right. You just got to believe it in your heart. If you're listening to me, you're here today, you're, you're watching this or you're watching one of the recordings or listening to it, all you got to do is say a simple prayer that's like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I, I ask for your forgiveness. I know you died on the cross for me, rose again on the third day. Would you come into my heart, make me a new creature? I want to trust you and follow you as my Savior. That's it. Amen. I mean, it's simple. You know, if you pray that prayer, let somebody know. Send us a message on Facebook. You can call me. Get in touch with me. Just let me know. You know, I, I think, though, I praise God that as the wise ones, the wise ones there had the oil in their lamp. The Holy Spirit was in their life. And at that midnight cry, that cry when it did not seem it would happen. And the door was opened and there stood the bridegroom. They entered in. One day church, that is us. Because the door will be open. Christ will step out on the clouds and call us with the sound of the archangel. As with the trump that will sound. And we will be gathered together with him in the clouds. Mm-hmm. What an awesome thought to go to the marriage feast that has been prepared for you since the foundations of the world. Amen. What a loving God who says, hey, I'm doing this. Why? I go to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come again to receive you unto myself that where I am, you will always be. Think about that, church. As a Father's Day present, What a wonderful thing to think about is knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know, I I know many fathers who are good men, but they don't know Jesus. The wife does. The children do. One day, if they don't come to know Him, there'll be a separation from that what God has blessed them with. Today, church, are you being steadfast in your daily walk? Are you trying to be spotless? 
And are you serving him with all your heart? Maybe you need to cry out, God created me a clean heart. Renewing me a steadfast spirit. This morning, I urge you. Don't just think you're saved. No, you are. If there's any doubt in your mind, take care of the doubts. So, well, how do I do that, preacher? Just ask him to come into your heart. You say, I wasn't sure before, but I know. I know, I know, I know. Because Jesus warns there'll be many. So, well, preacher, I prayed the prayer. And ask if you prayed it. The question is, did you mean it? Because if you don't mean it, it was just words. That's all it is. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's been times in my life I've run from God. There's been times in my life I got more spotted that I was spotless. My steadfastness was not sure. I got mad at God. I blamed him for problems. But he's the loving father of the prodigal son who stands and waits. And when I made a move to him, he ran to me. He forgave me. He tells me in Revelation, I've opened a door unto you that no man can shut. When I read that verse, I said, that lets me know, Lord, sometimes I go back outside and act like a heathen. But you're always there. Say, come back inside, son. Come back inside. See, God loves me. No matter what I do, I am his. And he is mine. Of that I am sure. No man can take that away from me. If you don't know for sure, Today's the day. If you do church, today's the day to shout and praise and thank God for being your Lord. Your Father, He is the Father to the fatherless. He is always there. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. We dads today, we make mistakes. He don't. Be thankful for all you have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, thanking you for just being a wonderful God. Lord, I pray that if somebody doesn't know you, that they'll pray that prayer. Lord, that they'll come to you today. Lord, if there's a child of God here, Lord, that's not walking as they should, Lord, I pray that, that before the day's over, they'll follow their deeds. They'll say, create in me a clean heart, God. Give me a spirit of, of, of steadfastness again. Lord, I pray for the fathers and the men of the church. Help us to be what we need to be. That we will be the examples, that city on the hill, that light that shines. Thank you, Father, for all that you do. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen.